Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in. You can always find us over at pathtozion.com for all of the archived audio editions of these episodes. We did one the other day. It was just audio only. I hope you checked it out. We talked about um, the rains will end. And it's a little bit of imagery and, and just the promises of, of Yahweh and his kindness towards us. Now, seasons come and seasons go. And praise the Father that sometimes they go, right? And so uh, we encourage you to check that out as well. Reach out to us anytime and talk to us, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. We're talking about opposing truth and making a way crooked, which are biblical warnings of things to come. And in part one, we talked about the first part, which is one's opposing the truth. And it's these two very random, seemingly, individuals that, that Shaul presents to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 in his letter, saying that, that in the end of the age there's going to be these, this incredible list of criteria for these, these people that are just lawless ones. And they're going to be just like these two dudes that lived back in Moses' day who opposed the truth. They couldn't know the truth. To use the word uh, specifically, they were, they were always learning, but they were never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And what a sad condition um, for any of us if that's where we are, that that, that we're always learning, we're adding to our understanding, but we're never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And so we have to realize, because a lot of people will say to me, well, what about so-and-so, man? Like, they're such a learned brother, and like, they love the Lord, and why don't they get it? And I think this text is, is an answer to that. Like, there are individuals who are always learning, yet for whatever reason are just never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And as we said, what is the truth? Well, let's let David tell us in just one of the verses that we quoted, Father, Yahweh, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is truth. And so, as we asked in the in part one, is that still true today or no? I mean... And if it is, then why in the world will we neglect it the way that we have in Christianity that we have all inherited? So we talked about these two guys opposing Moses and the warnings um, given to Timothy from Paul's letter, um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we just set the table a little bit of, of this part one of the two, which is one's opposing the truth. And how we're, we're getting to a point, of course, this will be part two here as we look at the second example of this uh, series, and then we'll just put a bow on it and just basically we'll just fast forward to the end and say, man, may we not be like this, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and putting on a, a body scan of our heart, soul, and mind of like, in any way am I like these men? Um, and if so, Father, I repent and turn, and we'll get to that, of course. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And so we examined how I believe that that this list of individuals that will be a last day's people can be summarized by lawless ones who oppose Father's Torah, which is truth. Because, and we went through, surely you watched part one, so we will move on. So the second one in this um, compilation, if you will, um, in opposing truth and making a way crooked is, of course, um, this individual that comes up in the Newer Testament who is one making the way crooked. And we're going to talk about him for a little while because it's very strange. It's strange, number one, how the word works. It's strange, number two, perhaps even stranger, that someone like me or any one of us can come along a connection that is extremely random, seemingly. 
and makes sense of it, and, and Holy Spirit illuminates it. And as we pray and just literally then sit down, like physically place ourselves in a position of learning and studying to show ourselves approved, according to what the Spirit's saying and following this and following that and saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There's, I tell my son this all the time, who, who I'm trying to inch into, help him know how to learn to study. I'm not, I don't do that very well yet. I need a lot of work with that. But I just want him to understand, and I want others. I want you to understand that like, this word, when we're told it's living and active, active friend, it is. That's no cool metaphor. That's for real. I hope you know that. Anyway, number two, one who was making the way crooked. Now, interestingly, if we springboard off of part one, we see the same situation appear back in Acts chapter 13, verse 8, with a man named Elumas. Okay? Hey, I practiced that one. I actually got it right. Elumas. <laughs> and we'll simply state one verse as it alone is necessary for our discussion today. And again, he's here and he's gone. He, he shows up. We see his name and he's out of here, never to return. And so I'm following this pattern in the scriptures, man. And I landed on these individuals and it's just... I don't mean eerily in a bad way, but it's intriguingly similar. And so I'll present it to you for consideration. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 8. But Elamos, <laughs> the magician, was opposing them. We'll get to that. Seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Okay, so Shaul, Barnabas, and John, they're sent by Holy Spirit to go to the synagogues. Um, in order to, quote, proclaim the word of Elohim. Okay, so that's what they're doing. And this guy, Elemas, who was a magician, a sorcerer. Oh, that's interesting. The two guys from um, Moses' day, magicians, sorcerers. They and this man, Elemas, were found to be opposing, withstanding here, in this case, the men of Yahweh, the same Greek word. He is opposing um, Shaul, Barnabas, and, and John, the exact same way that these men were opposing Moses. So all of a sudden, with me, the way I am, alarms going off. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, there's a reason. What is it? What, what's going on here? And so we followed that, and uh, this is where I landed. Now I would present it to you uh, for consideration. Um, so, so this man, Elemas, he is found opposing, withstanding um, the men of Yahweh. Um, and to be clear, he was found doing to Paul exactly what our other two examples were doing with Moses that Paul was teaching later in 2 Timothy. Isn't that interesting? Um, this guy's name literally means wise man. In Greek, it's, it's magos. And if you want to, this would take some other time. My wife and I talked about this. Um, magic or and even magi, wise men. Okay, this guy was a wise man by literal name definition. Now, now what Shaul says to this guy, because there's this tiny little discourse where, where this is unfolding, and <laughs> Shaul turns and he decides he's going to address this man, uh, Elamas. Uh, and so he says this in, in verse 9 of Acts chapter 13. Quote, but, Sha but Shaul, filled with Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him. And he said, O you, full of all deceit and trickery, son of the devil, enemy of all righteousness, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of Yahweh? 
And so I just, oh boy, there's something here. I mean, this just really like, I, I was so excited to start diving into that, which became this, which I will share. So again, and stay with me now. And again, we're, we're, we're following this trail of thought, okay, um, towards this warning in 2 Timothy about an age to come. In two different encounters, one Paul is referencing two individuals from Moses' time, and now he is referencing a man that he stood alongside in, um, in the book of Acts. So again, we see a man that is associated with sorcery step in. I just thought that was weird already from the beginning. And he, too, is in opposition of Yahweh's ways. Our first example was two men that Shaul referenced to Timothy from the time of Moses, and this one was actually in Shaul's day. I'd like to highlight that this Elumas was not merely an obstacle. This is a big point. I felt like this is something, okay, Holy Spirit wants to illuminate this part. I would, I would submit for you to consider that. I'm not being hyper-spiritual. Sometimes, sometimes, not every time. I wish it were. When I, when I study and when I compile these things, and, and if they make it on here or not, there's something that just jumps off the page. I feel like that's what the Spirit's saying right now to, his, to Yahweh's people. So I submit that for consideration in case you're washing dishes and you're a little bit distracted. Okay, so this man, Alemus, Alemas. <laughs> he was not merely an obstacle of those proclaiming the way. Okay? His opposition was more than that. In fact, he did not just choose to be an obstacle of those proclaiming the way, rather, he sought to change it. He thought to change the way, or to use the text exactly word for word, to make it crooked. Okay, how? By inserting his own way of, to use the scripture alone again, of deceit and trickery. He was an enemy of righteousness, again, to quote the word. He was making Yahweh's straight path crooked. The Hebrew understanding of this, because I followed it back, of course, into the Older Testament, speaks of it being one who distorts, perverts, and twists truth, thereby making it crooked. You take something that was perfect and straight, huh? What is perfect? The Torah of Elohim, perfect, right? It's truth, absolute, capital T, truth. As David reminded us many times, do we believe it or not? But this individual comes in, and he is face-to-face -face with Shaul, who tells him, you make crooked the straight paths of Yahweh. Why are we talking about that? Side note, I think Peter had this in mind when he penned the warning to all of us that many would mishandle Shaul's writings. 2 Peter 3, 16-18. We know this. We say this all the time. Most people I know in my present life and belief system have this quoted from top to bottom. But he's talking about uh, Shaul's letters. Some things, but uh, this connection has to be inserted here. Some things in Paul's letters are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable, what do they do? Most of you already know. They twist and they pervert Shaul's letters. 
as they also do with the rest of the capital S scriptures, the law and the prophets. Huh. Interesting connection. That sounds like what this uh, guy Elemas is doing, doesn't it? He's making a perfect capital T truth way crooked. He's changing it. He's making a straight path crooked. This goes on, of course, with, with uh, Peter's warning. It says, be on your guard. Why? So that you're not led astray by who? The error of someone. Who? The error of the lawless. And what will you do? What's the warning continue? That you would lose your sure footing. Ah, wait a minute. What are we talking about? Walking away. A space way. Not away. Walking a certain way, a prescribed way. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Because we're talking about verbiage here about walking in the straight way and not making that way crooked. I found that worth noting, that, that, that Peter's warning about what people would do in the future was to take Shaul's letters and twist them and pervert them and make them what they were not. They were straight. They were pointing to the capital T truth. They were pointing to Torah because it's perfect. It is truth. But people are going to come and they're going to make it all crooked, just like this Elemas guy. A word of warning. And Paul addresses him face to face or over it, calling him the son of the devil, an enemy of all righteousness, full of deceit and trickery making crooked the straight paths of Yahweh. So let's run to more scriptures with this biblical example of crooked versus straight for just a few moments, okay? Psalm chapter 125, verses 4 and 5. Do good, Yahweh, to the good, and to those upright in their hearts. But as for those who turn aside to their crooked ways, to their crooked ways, their own ways, Yahweh will lead them away with evildoers. Isaiah chapter 59. We find a rebellious, hard-hearted people that have abandoned Father's Torah. They're in rebellion. They're, they're, they're divorced out. Judgment is pronounced upon them as we're told this, quote, Salvation, Yeshua, because again, this is why his name matters, and this is what I'm always redundantly saying. Salvation, Yeshua, salvation, Yeshua, inseparable in the Older Testament. It has to be to get through our minds that every time we see salvation in that context, Yeshua, Yeshua. So Yeshua comes on the scene in physical form, a, a manifestation of, of Yahweh Elohim himself. Salvation, salvation, salvation. Ah, this is what was prophesied. It's all connected, of course. And so this goes on in Isaiah 59. Yeshua, salvation is far from them. These who are hard-hearted and, and, and out of covenant because of their own decisions. Judgment's being pronounced on them. They do not know the path of peace, and there's no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever walks of them will not experience peace. The incredible Psalm chapter 119. Starts out by telling us what? At the very beginning, at the outset. Blessed are those whose walk is blameless, or their way is blameless. Who walk in the Torah of Yahweh. Here I am again, ask the question, is this still true? 
Is this still true? Well, it can't be. The Torah has been abolished. Well, what do we do with, okay, what do we do with the rest of Psalms then? Written at the exact same time, the exact same man from the exact same heart's posture and position. Who fully knew? Moving on. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the Torah of Yahweh. And again, we're talking about the second part here, which is, which is this warning of not being like this guy that, that Shaul encountered, who was making the straight way of Yahweh crooked. Which I would believe is worse. I think that's even worse than just opposing it and like kind of, kind of being an obstacle, as I started this uh, train of thought with a few moments ago. We read more of this way, the capital W way, if we could say it that way, in Micah chapter 4. Then many nations will go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Yahweh, to the house of the Elohim of Jacob. Then he will direct us in his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For Torah will go forth from Zion, and the word of Yahweh from Jerusalem. Another text that we speak of often here on the program is Ezekiel chapter 11. I'm going, we referenced it in part one a bit, and we talk about it pretty much every other episode here. I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. As we always say, why? 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 So that they may follow my laws, keep my ordinances, and practice them. Is that still true? Is that still salvation? Is that still a regenerative event? Is that still a heart of stone to a heart of flesh reality? So that we, they, anyone who will, whosoever will, enter covenant and have this heart exchange may follow Yahweh's laws, ordinances, and practice them. And he, of course, tells us this wonderful covenantal promise, they will be my people, and I will be their Elohim. And as for those whose heart walks after another crooked way, the heart of their own detestable things and abominations, I will bring their ways upon their heads. This is a declaration of Yahweh Elohim. Again, to bring all of our texts that we've mentioned, and there's many more, of course, around to make one um, central point. I, believe, I, I really do believe that the Bible presents to us the, the following considerations, and we'll be concise. Those who, number one, stand in opposition to truth will be defined as ones who are, paraphrased, cannot know Elohim. Okay? Those who stand in opposition to truth will be defined as ones who cannot know Elohim. Let's look at just a couple of texts that we've referenced as our, as our main two sources of 2 Timothy 3 and then Shaul and Acts with this man that I don't know his name right off the top of my head. These were sons of the devil, ones who vehemently opposed the word of Yahweh Elohim and the messengers of the men who were declaring it. And as we briefly allowed the word to tell us Yahweh's Torah that Moses taught is truth. There will be ones like this Eonase and Eombrace from the reference to go back to Moses' time. And there will be those like this. Number two, this Elumas, 
who do what? Who twist, pervert, and make crooked Yahweh's path. And as an enemy of righteousness, again, to uh, uh, of the enemy of righteousness, to cling to the word itself that we quoted earlier, and they are thereby also in, a, in opposition to resisting and setting themselves against truth. And we've been told to make the whole full circle here. We'll just make this two parts. These are ones who will come in the last days. Men that are in opposition to Yahweh's ways and exalt their own ways over his. And take his ways and make them crooked and twist them and turn them. Exactly like the perversion that Peter warned us of, of Shaul Paul's writings. Be careful, friend. You're going to be told something that is not the straight pathway that leads to capital T truth like it was intended. And we know all the warnings of the elect are going to be capable of being led astray. We know all the warnings. We know all the warnings. But friend, listen to what I'm saying. We have to be careful that when we read this word and we read of warnings to unrighteous men and lawless men and sinful men, that we don't always first and foremost think of everybody else. We cannot read these constant warnings, and especially the ones I'm presenting today, because that's the topic at hand right here. We can't hear these warnings and think of other individuals that it applies to that's not me. These warnings are general and generic in nature and fall upon whoever fits the criteria that the word of Elohim tells us they are, even if it's me. I am not immune to being one within this criteria. And ignorance is not an excuse. Being handed a false doctrine of a false Messiah Jesus in a Roman Catholic Christianity will not be sufficient, friend. We need to know what is true. And as I said in previous episodes, salvation according to any other Messiah will be acceptable until I know the true salvation of Yahweh Elohim through his prophesied Son. If I don't know him for who he truly is according to the word, I will entertain and adopt and even align my whole life with a false Messiah and not even know. That's why we must devour this word and allow it to cut us to pieces, as I probably said, quoting just two episodes ago. So back to our point to bring this, let's bring it to a conclusion. What are we to do with this? What is the Newer Testament warning that we've read exhorting us to tend to? First of all, I'm going to propose these things. That we need to make absolute sure that we're not personally fitting the criteria of these lawless ones. I just said that pretty much off the cuff and we'll repeat it again to be clear. We must be found righteous, walking as Yeshua walked as an obedient son. If we have been moved from darkness to light, we must wash our robes. We must cleanse our hands. We must purify our hearts, James chapter 4. We must be careful not to make crooked the straight path of Yahweh by perverting and twisting his ways, just like Alemas uh, did. We can't be like these examples we've been shown. Don't be a son of the devil. 
who's taking the perfect straight way and making it all crooked and then telling others about it and standing as a as a stumbling block in between the full gospel coming to other men. After we do self-evaluation and repentance if necessary, we need to be alert watchmen on the walls of our own lives, of our families, and of the body of Messiah who will fall prey to these men. It is a sure thing. Lastly, in humility, I propose that we call it out. I believe that's the third thing. First one, we look in here. We do introspection. I need to know that I'm not found in this list in 2 Timothy chapter 3 of lawless ones at the end of the age. I've got to make sure that's not me. That is my first and foremost challenge and call. And then we watch our own homes, our own families, and those in the body of Messiah around us, we warn them. We, we, we tell them what we understand of the Scriptures. And we, we in humility and in, in a right heart, we call out what we see for their good. Because, friends, we will not see it in our own selves. It needs to be told to us sometimes, many times. It is our proper role and function to say, Brother, you may not see this, but... This is criteria of a lawless one that will not inherit the kingdom. We need to do that. I propose we call it out. Why? Because another Messiah is being preached. An altered and perverted way that is crooked is being presented as truth. As all of the Bible has declared... We must filter all proposed criteria of Messiah through Scripture. Which is what? The Older Testament, Law and the Prophets were the Scriptures that we already talked about, and we don't need to make clear yet again. And it needs to align with the Newer Testament. We need to be like the Bereans were. When they heard something and they said, I don't know about that, what did they do? They ran to the Law and the Prophets. They ran straight there because they knew what the Christian church has not known, which is if it doesn't line up with what the prophets foretold, because I I know that the Scripture tells me that Yahweh does nothing without first declaring it to his prophets. So if I can't find it there, then, brother, you need to take that somewhere else because you're telling me of some other Messiah. And he doesn't meet the criteria of Deuteronomy. We need to be like that. And anything that does not fit the Scriptures and the New Testament combined, for they're one and the same, (laughs) they're saying the same gospel, it must be abandoned entirely. Because they're inseparable. All must align and we must be sure that we have not inherited another gospel that has promoted a perverted, crooked way. That opposes truth. We're clearly told that lawlessness will increase in the end of the age. Which takes us back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, which starts out, Understand this, that in the last days... Men will become lovers of self. Anything goes. And most will say that they just don't need a law code. Grace only. Grace. God knows my heart. One will be atheistic in nature. That's easy. And the other, which will be a little more complicated, will be free in Jesus. Sadly, both roads lead to the same self-governance 
and lawlessness. Okay? Self-governing ones. Eh. Love God. Love your neighbor. Jesus said it. Well, how do you do that, brother? Well, you know. Eh. We have been given truth in a straight way. I'm here to tell you today, and I'm not going to elaborate on it, but friends, this is about to increase dramatically, this lawlessness. This is about to increase to epic proportions. I'm sure of it. (laughs) So opposing truth and making a way crooked, a biblical warning of things to come. May we learn from those who've gone before us, friend, (laughs) and have warned us of what is to come. And I would say is now here. You've been watching Path to Zion Podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Reach out to us, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Go to over pathtozion.com. And, of course, here on our YouTube channel, interact with us on Facebook if you'd like as well. Thank you so much for watching the program. We have a lot to learn. Amen.